It was at a cantina on a trading post that I was approached by former UNAF Captain Jorge Lucas. It had been 12 years since his discharge. The captain had grown out a full beard. The grime of the streets covered his face. Age seems to have set in some. With a smirk, he invited himself to our table. I can see for myself that you will not be offering me a seat, which is why I'm taking one anyway. Notice I have yet to be escorted to the door. Lucas had been a prodigy straight out of the academy. An officer almost right away, he was captain within two years. Never one too shy to be brash, Lucas made his presence known to all at all times. A brilliant tactician, a genius strategist, and a commanding officer, none ever questioned his judgment. However, six years later, the captain found himself mixed among some conspirators, leading to a court-martial. The defense was able to prove that the captain had no direct or knowing involvement. Lucas avoided legal charges, but his indirect involvement was damning enough. He was stripped of his rank on grounds that someone of his stature should have been aware of his surroundings, should have known he was being used and led on. With his reputation in shambles, Lucas, at his own request, was released. He informed us that he had taken his money and purchased a personal vessel, a two-deck vessel complete with a cargo bay, a bridge, and quarters for twelve. He called it the Watson, a reflection of his appreciation for classical literature. He now commanded a colorful crew of ten mercenaries, all assigned to exclusive rights contracts, offering each their own unique expertise. He and his crew were well known in many rings and circles, his old reputation still preceding him in many ways. He left it up to the imagination to what type of work they carried out. We were informed that he had transcripts from the boom that contained valuable information. He would share them with us on the condition that I supplied him with all the information I had on the High Council. I felt it to be an odd request, but when I pressed for a reason, I didn't receive back much. He wanted to get back involved, yet having renounced his UNAF citizenship, he couldn't simply show up. I didn't quite like it. There was a bit of uncertainty about it. But in the end, I obliged. It was requested of us that we head back to his quarters to further discuss urgent matters. I was a little bit hesitant, but ultimately we obliged. It was only after getting into the transport shuttle that I learned that we were headed back to the shadows. Of course we were headed to the shadows. I asked him if he knew the location of the boom. The response I got back was one filled with his usual knack for sarcasm. Second star on the right, and off into the sunset. Perhaps later, I thought to myself. We arrived at what seemed like the darkest of places. It was a two-room apartment. The walls were bare, and the furniture was minimal. A single table with a chessboard sat in the corner. I went to ask who he played against, but stopped. I already knew. Upon entering in, he offered us all a slice of coffee, 
a slice of coffee, just like our chef, my attention having grabbed. I asked how he managed a solid form of coffee. He simply replies that it was a secret that only the worst of the worst was privy to. Oh, really? I began to pursue this new lead. And yet, one of the officers familiar with my pursuit convinced me that this wasn't the proper time. Lucas emerged from his quarters with a grin and a small disc. He moved over to the far wall opposite of us. He stretched out a hand and waved it from one side to the other. The wall parted revealing a console filled with buttons, dials, switches, and a single screen. He placed the disc on a tray and pushed it in. Turning back, he looked at me dead in the eye. He gave a little sarcastic nod. I nodded back. and returning to the console, he reached out, having received my approval, and pressed play. <laughs> 